Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Control-Alt-Azure. This episode is sponsored by Solvetto. Stay ahead of the game and advance your career with continuous learning opportunities for Azure cloud professionals. Solvetto, EduHouse, learning as a lifestyle. Start your journey now on eduhouse.fi slash cloudpro. I'm Tobias. I'm back again with UC. What's up? Hey, Tobias. One of my boys wanted to throw a LAN party. I, I think you still recall what those were back in the day. Oh yeah, we used to have a lot of those. We never played games, we just did programming, but we yeah. did have them, yes. Yeah, so so he wanted to throw a LAN party. He didn't specifically use that word. It was more like, let me invite a couple of my friends to our house, they'll bring their PCs, we play and we, we eat crappy food and have fun. So I figured, yeah, 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 that, that sounds like fun. So I got to work, I set up a dedicated switch for them prioritize the traffic from that so that their games would be optimal, set up tables and chairs and power sockets and Ethernet cables, the whole thing. So the the three boys arrived and I sort of let them do their own thing. So instead of being the dad and going, hey, let me configure, let me optimize this for you. I just said, yeah, you guys do whatever. I'll close the door. They are all 13, so they are at the age that they really seem to know what's best for them. And I went to bed at 9.30 in the evening, like I usually try to do. And I did politely ask them to hit the bed before the newspaper arrives at 6 in the morning here in, in Helsinki. And in the morning, I did ask, so what time did you go to bed? And they weren't really sure. But at <laughs> 10 o'clock, they were super sleepy. But yeah, that was a throwback to my teenage years, for sure. Yeah, I, I recall these LAN parties that we had. We Sometimes we had two or three days worth of land parties and we yeah. rented a, a place where we could just put all the computers and everything because we didn't have space in any of our houses or any of our apartments and we kind of rented a place together and we stayed there for two nights or three nights just setting everything up oh, it was a good time we mostly spend time programming but i also recall that during some of those episodes or during some of those kind of stints you never went to sleep or you took a nap during the day because You've been you've been you know coding or programming or figuring something out until 10 a.m. in the morning, and then you take a nap, and then you go for lunch, and then you start over. Today would not work for me. So on my side, what I've been up to, I have been planning my vacation next week. So as of this recording today, I have about two more work days before I'm on a full week's worth of so-called vacation. Working on the podcast a little bit, hiking a lot, doing some mountain biking and some road biking, just generally catching up on good health and relaxing a little bit, uh, turning up the brain, really. Um, maybe working a little bit on the house, things like that, taking care of the family. But the best part is that I booked a spa, like a day spa resort with my parents to get some quality time with them as well. So this is time that is not happening. We don't do those things nearly as often as we used to, like get together. I used to play golf with my parents a lot, several times a week. But since I stopped playing golf and I got kids, it's super hard to find that time. So I'm really looking forward to that. You know, some off time, downtime, just staying analog, hitting a spa, sitting in the bubbles a bit and just, you know, catching up on life in general. That sounds awesome. So next week, if you're not getting a podcast episode, that is because Toby is on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, today, Azure updates. It's been a short while. Since we have last had a look at, at what's new in Azure, 
So we both have our updates that we've been looking at and, and sort of digesting before the episode recording started. Let me start on something easy to sort of warm up for, for the massive updates coming during this episode. So for me, first on my list is a public preview for Azure Database for MySQL connector for Power Apps and Logic Apps. So this is a built-in connector if you're using Logic Apps on the Azure side for integrating, creating orchestrations, integrations, whatnot, uh, or if you are using Power Automate and or Power Apps on the Power Platform side. So this connector allows you to connect with your own instance of MySQL running on Azure Database for MySQL loss service. The limitation here, though, is that JSON data types are not supported. So if you have that sort of data in your MySQL database, you cannot mangle those. The second limitation is that for Logic Apps, it's a standard connector. But for Power Automate and Power Apps on the Power Platform side, this is a premium. Okay, this is good feedback if you're if you're working with these things. And that was in public preview. So definitely something I can take a look at with some of my setup. So on my side, I have something that is in GA now. So this is available today. It's Azure Firewall Basic. So we've had Azure Firewall Standard and Premium and so on for some time. And now we have Azure Firewall Basic available. And this is in GA or general available. So you can go use it right now. It's intended for small and medium-sized, so SMB customers, to secure the Azure cloud environments that they operate. It also provides like the most essential protection for these type of customers that they need uh, at a perhaps more affordable price. So what I hope to see with this is, of course, that more customers actually deploy and adopt an Azure firewall as opposed to not doing it due to the cost. That's something I saw in the field a lot when working with customers. You know, price always being a trade-off versus security. Sometimes the security cost or the cost of implementing some security capabilities were just too high for what the customer needed. So I, I really like this update. It's a Azure Firewall Basic, now available, slightly lower cost. So it's more affordable for SMB or, or small, medium businesses. So a, a very good update. I really like this Azure Firewall, the, the standard, It's it's often perceived as too expensive for projects where you typically have web services, APIs that need securing the traditional firewall services. So I've sort of been waiting and hoping for the basic to eventually land so that we would have an option of using a real firewall for those workloads that are not HTTPS still. Alrighty, next on my list, and, and this is something that's in public preview. I have not tried this yet. But I did go through the documentation. It looks super simple and super useful. Data API Builder is now in public preview, which allows you to instantly create REST and GraphQL endpoints for modern databases. There's quite a bit of here. So what this does, it's a command line utility for, I think, .NET Core that allows you to expose specific database objects like tables and views from a relational database and the exposure will happen through REST or GraphQL. 
and the support is for Azure SQL, SQL Server, Postgres, MySQL, and Cosmos DB. And I checked the tutorial, it's on GitHub, but we have the links in the show notes. I checked the tutorial and, and it's super easy. Basically what you do, you get the package for, for uh, DAB, the Data API Builder. Then you point that to the database and say, this is my database. And then in the command line tool, you point to an object in your database, like this is the table that I have customers or products or whatever. And then it generates the endpoint for you. It gener generates a JSON that you can then expose as a REST or GraphQL. And I, I'm not sure if it was in this podcast or if I was a guest in another podcast some months ago that we briefly discussed that about 80% of, of website implementations are services that get data from a database and show the data in a, in a web page. And I feel this is the most common use case that you do not now have to create your custom API. You can just expose directly through a real API. Toby, any, any, any thoughts on this? I think this is relatively new still, but would this be something you would actually find useful in your project? I, I, I think in my current projects, not so much because I, I don't work with those things, but I did work a lot with Azure SQL. Uh, I worked a lot with PostgreSQL for Azure. And I think because there is support for that, you know, exposing those data objects really as REST and GraphQL endpoints makes a lot of sense for some of the things I've been working on. So if you can like build an API based on your data, so you don't have to build a wrapper kind of API or don't have to do the traditional hoops and loops, that might be interesting. Uh, I haven't thought much more than that on it, but like if you have a modern database, you can build yeah, more modern solutions in the end. So I don't have any complex thoughts on it, but I, I really do like this because we're really moving in, into the new and modern way of, of working with our data and exposing the data as well. So on, on my side, another thing for Azure Firewall, this is now in preview, it's called Illumo for Azure Firewall. So Microsoft is partnering with Illumo and offers the Illumo for Azure Firewall solution. And that's really an integrated solution bringing like the benefits of zero trust segmentation to Azure Firewall. And some of the key benefits here that I, I read up on, because I found this pretty interesting is, like you can reduce security risk with like a single view of your east to west and north to south traffic based on Azure Firewall, firewall flow data within your Azure subscription. You can also get a holistic view of your app traffic with real-time visibility of interactions and dependencies across the entire environment that you have. It's easily deployable and configurable. So you can easily deploy and configure application, Azure application-based policies with the Illumina platforms. You can use that to manage those things. You deploy Azure Firewall policies, you know, confidently with policies that automatically scale along with your applications. All of this is then enabled by this Illumo for Azure Firewall. You can avoid app downtime by understanding the impact of Azure Firewall policies before they are enforced. And I think this is an awesome capability right there. And I know this is something we talked about with other things as well, like Azure policies. If you deploy an Azure policy with enforce mode and you want to say that, you're never allowed to deploy something in this region or you're never allowed to do this or that. If you just enable that without kind of the audit mode first, then you can have a pretty significant impact in downtime. So similarly here, you can kind of see and test, you know, what would happen 
if I implement this policy before it's actually enforced. So great capability. And this Illuma for Azure Firewall works with all the three SKUs available, basic, standard, and premium. So just a heads up, if you're into you know, protecting your data with Azure Firewall, if you're using that and you're also you know, reading up on zero trust and zero trust segmentation, take a look at Illuma for Azure Firewall and if that's something that can fit the bill for your needs. This is interesting. I've never heard or used Illumo at all, but I'll, I'll certainly take a look at this. Next on my list also in public preview, Microsoft Azure Data Manager for Agriculture. So if somebody remembers Azure FarmBeat, we did an episode on that maybe two years ago in episode 47. And Azure FarmBeat was a industry solution from Microsoft for gathering data from a farm, from the soil, and, and combining that with weather data and planning and, and whatnot. So that's since deprecated. Uh, but now we have this. And I did try to spin this up, but they have a sign-up form where you sort of have to justify why do you need this? And I do not have a farm. I do not work in agriculture, so I felt I, I'm not going to steal somebody else's spot on, on, on that limited preview. It's public, yes, but it's limited. And I tried reading up on this. What's this about? But the only available data is the announcement. And I'm not sure, but perhaps they used chat GPT to <laughs> write the announcement because this this is my favorite two sentences from the announcement. Hear me out. Azure Data Manager for Agriculture extends the Microsoft Intelligence Intelligent Data Platform with industry-specific data connectors and capabilities to connect farm data with disparate sources, enabling organizations to leverage high-quality data sets and accelerate the development of digital agriculture solutions. Instead of devoting resources to managing unstructured data, customers and partners can focus on product innovation with the ability to reason over readily available and abundant data. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what it's telling me, but it, it looks pretty convincing. <laughs> that was uh, a lot of words in a paragraph or two. Uh, yeah, so, so what it's telling me is that they are leveraging the intelligent data platform, so Cosmos DB, Azure SQL, uh, Synapse Analytics, and so on. They are leveraging those, getting data from somewhere, and then have some sort of ready-made stuff for you, maybe dashboards <laughs> or, or what have you. It looks fancy. I hope we get to do an episode on that sometime in the future when it's not as closed as it is now. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And maybe then we can expand a little bit on the actual concept of what that is, because as you said, this, what you just read yeah, blows my mind. So on my side, the next update, I have two more. So one of those is in GA, it's available right now. ASP.NET web app migration to Azure App Service using PowerShell scripts. So we've talked about migrating to Azure App Services a couple of times here and there in different updates. Now, PowerShell scripts for migrating ASP.NET web apps to Azure App Services gives you uh, support for web apps hosted on IAS 7.5 or higher web service with no product installation needed. Just copy the scripts and run. 
It can also be used to discover and assess and migrate ASP.NET web apps to app services from a variety of virtualized or physical infrastructure platforms. So if you're running stuff like VMware, if you're running on Hyper-V, if you have the web roles, if you remember those, I think you can still have them with the extended cloud support, whatever that's called. Otherwise, web roles and worker roles are kind of a thing of the past from the classic uh, mode of deployments. If you have Azure VMs running on Windows, physical servers, and so on, then, then you can use this. Uh, it helps you with bulk migration of web apps from a single IIS server to Azure App Services. I really like that as well, because I remember with multiple customers, they had on-prem data centers or even cloud-hosted data centers, but they were running IIS in the cloud as opposed to running an app service. So this will help you move from the IIS server, regardless of where that's hosted, to app service. And I love that you can do that in bulk, saying, hey, you know what? This IIS server has 35 web apps. Can we now start moving them in bulk? Yes, you can. So perhaps not a huge update in itself, but I have seen quite a few web app migrations happen, and these happen all the time. And perhaps it's more of a convenient update for many, but it's good to know about. So if you are in the migration space, if you're doing migration to the cloud, if you're on a cloud adoption type of journey, or if your work is just about getting you know, solutions migrated from on-prem to the cloud, this is something to take a look at because I, I really like uh, the announcement there. So it's GA, ASP.NET Web App Migration to Azure App Service using PowerShell scripts. That's an interesting one. I need to take a look at this because I'm, I'm already thinking that perhaps I have five web apps running locally that have dependencies a BizTalk and a SQL database and this and that. So what happens if I migrate those? Is, are, are the scripts uh, clever enough to, to mock those connections or suggest how do I expand in, in a hybrid scenario? How do I expand access to whatever you have in there? Alrighty, uh, next on my list, this is more of a reminder. Uh, so sort of old news. But it's still, I would say, it's still facing my eyeballs every week on Twitter and Microsoft websites and, and guidances. Azure AD Graph is deprecated. So if you've built your custom PowerShell scripts that utilize Azure AD Graph, perhaps for creating users, assigning licenses for those users, retiring users as part of an automation or onboarding or offboarding or, or whatever you have, perhaps in an identity and access management scenario. The Azure AD Graph still works as of today, but the licensing assignment APIs part of the Azure AD Graph, they will be retired end of March 2023, so real soon now. The rest of Azure AD Graph will stop working without advance notice after end of June 2023. So it could be 1st of July or 1st of December or, or whatever else date you might have. But after end of June, you really should migrate your scripts. And obviously, if you created those scripts, you would have to tweak them to utilize Microsoft Graph. But the challenge here is that Microsoft Graph doesn't have a one-to-one -one mapping with those commandlets that you have been using on Azure AD Graph. And I feel this is the, the painful bit for a lot of people to try to figure out, I did this in Azure AD Graph, 
how do I do it in Microsoft Graph? And it's a different beast. It's a different set of APIs. So this is more of a reminder that if you somehow miss the news, you'll have a couple of more months to fix or update your scripts or move to a different solution because Azure AD Graph will be gone. I think that's a good reminder. And you know, since licensing assignment APLs will be retired in March 2023, that's coming up. That's actually right now. So good update. So my final update is a short one in line with security again. Uh, it's GA durable functions support managed identity for Azure storage now. So this is you know a finally moment for me that durable functions support managed identity. And instead of embedding secrets in connection strings, you can now just use identity-based connections and can you know to Azure storage. So we've talked about that a lot, like passwordless and keyless and secretless and all these things. And now you can do that with durable functions supporting managed identity for Azure storage. So the identity is, as always, managed by the Azure platform and doesn't require you to provision or rotate secrets, because that's also something from operating cloud environments, especially distributed cloud environments that exist all over the place. Rotating secrets, it's not easy. Right? You have to figure that out. And every service does it differently. You have to set up scripts or automation and figure that out. You know, you might have a manual process for it. You may have an automated process for it, but it's not easy, especially at scale in, in a distributed environment. Uh, so check the show notes for a link on how that works. There is a link to um, documentation and how you can now use durable functions with managed identity for Azure storage. It's available today. The good, good features you finally have. I don't really work with durable functions that much. I usually just go for Azure functions. And when it goes to durable, I'm like, yeah, I don't really have time to consider all the angles you need to consider with durable functions. Alrighty, the last bit for me, this is on Microsoft Learn. Uh, it's 20 videos for Bash for beginners. And this is actually quite interesting because these are short bites from two minutes up to about nine minutes each. So 20 minutes takes you a couple of hours to consume. They're nicely done videos. And turns out that more than 50% of virtual machine CPU cores on Azure run on Linux. So this is useful in that sense. I did have a look at a few of them and they really start from the bare minimum beginner stuff. And this, this brings back memories from the 1990s when I was learning Linux and Unix and, and whatever you had at the time. We still have the same commands. We still have the same tooling available. So it's nice that somebody took the effort to go through this and actually captured those 20 videos. So those are available on Microsoft Learn and I think on YouTube. But we have the links for all of these in the show notes. Alrighty, those were the updates. The last bit is the unexpected question. And Toby, based again on my track recording, it's your turn to ask me the unexpected question. Okay, cool. So I have a question that I've pondered on for about four minutes. Uh, if life were a video game, what would be the top three cheat codes? It's it's been at least 15 years since I last played video games for real. And at the time, the, uh, the cheat codes would be that, that hammer these characters in 
at a specific point of the game and you get something. So for life to be a video game, mm, I'd be inclined to think that for people who go to bed early enough and have enough sleep, that would be one cheat code. They would be more alert. They would perhaps be stronger. They would perhaps be more successful. So you can beat the final boss. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, eating well, eating, eating three to five times a day, really being thoughtful on, on what you consume. That would definitely be another one. You would get less sick days. Well, that happens in real life as well, but in, in as a cheat code, yes, it would work as well. But then we'd probably need one like really, really good cheat code that that would give you something insane. So I'd say if you treat people fairly and nicely and, 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 and treat people as equals, I'd say that would get you on the top three in the, in the game of life. All right. Yep. Cool. Good answer. All righty. Thanks again for joining us. See you next week.